Hello, you are listening to Lens, a film and theology podcast where we talk about how movies present ultimate reality and how that compares and contrasts with a biblical worldview in the Christian gospel. We discuss current and classic films, pointing out ways they seem to reflect biblical themes and ways they seem to tell a different story. My name is Brad Witte. And I'm Pip Craighead. And actually, before we get into this, Brad, Mm -hmm. uh, and perhaps what I'm about to say will make a little more sense when you know what film we're watching, but Mm. I just wanted to clarify, I'm not an alien. Uh, Oh. I'm a human being just like you. There's nothing weird about me. Oh, I'm a I'm I'm a person, you know, I'm not an alien. Is it? It's kind of strange that you feel the need to clarify that. I. Why? I mean. Why why would you need to actually. Well, let's uh, let's move on. We're going to be talking about Clint Eastwood's classic uh, (laughs) (laughs) 90s. Actually, we are talking about Arrival, 2016 American science fiction film. I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Villeneuve? <laughs> I believe it's Denis Villeneuve. And D- okay. Dennis or Denis, if we're destroying your name, we apologize. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. He's like, oh, yeah. He's, how dare you? <laughs> he is He is uh, always Googling the names of his films and seeing if there's anyone who is doing a podcast about any of them. So, And yeah. it's starring Amy Ad- Adams and Jeremy Renier. <laughs> And Forrest Whitaker, I believe is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, uh, Pip, why don't we start by just kind of sharing some of our initial thoughts and impressions of the film. So do you want to start? Yeah. um, Well, one, I thought it's really interesting to me because I feel like, you know, obviously you can't escape thinking about Close Encounters of the Third Kind when you're thinking of this film because that is just one of the most powerful and kind of genre-defining films when it comes to uh, alien contact. Mm-hmm. And what I remember sitting in the theater and not having a lot of expectations, and not, I mean, I heard it was very good, but not having a lot of expectations in terms of where it went. Mm-hmm. And being on, oh, also, anybody listening, spoiler alert, because we're going to start talking. Oh, so many spoilers coming, about, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. some, so if you haven't seen it, we're going to ruin it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just, it just, it was really interesting to me because really this isn't a film about alien contact. It's about the nature of communication Mm -hmm. and to an extent about the nature of just existence, being Mm -hmm. a person. And it's very interesting because I feel like, you know, often alien films are like, Oh, they, you know, they made contact and then that's like one or two scenes. And then it's like the ramifications of that or, you know, escalating to war with the alien. This, that, but this film is more, it really goes in depth about what it is to talk to somebody in a sense, from a different culture, hmm. uh, mm-hmm. from a radically different culture, and just the idea of modes of being mm-hmm. which we cannot fathom. So totally, uh, yeah, very thoughtful. Yeah, I actually that reminds me of a quote that I pulled um, for a. Uh, there was a reviewer from Entertainment Weekly uh, who said, oh, "Let me find it here." Uh, Leah Greenblatt. She said, uh, "This, yeah, that Arrival is an alien invasion fantasy." that operates within the genre at the same time as it subverts it. Uh, a large-scale movie movie star sci-fi filtered through the tricky, esoteric lens of art house cinema. Um, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, like you, from the trailer and from like, yeah, even from the beginning, you're expecting it to be maybe not something quite like Independence Day where every, you know, that indulges, um, <laughs> that indulges uh, the... 
the trope of destroying every major, um, you know, world world institution <laughs> again and again. I kept waiting for Will Smith to say, "Kick the tires and light the fires." Actually, yeah, was, to punch was, to punch one of these heptapods in the face and say, "Welcome to Earth." Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, thankfully, it wasn't. It's not that derivative. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. There, it's a film that. I was really blown away by. I was more less expecting. Oh, there's going to be some. There's going to be interesting kind of plot elements, and it's maybe going to be taking this alien invasion, uh, familiar story in a different direction. But I was not a yeah. Like I would almost say it's it's almost a sci-fi drama that happens to include aliens. But um, yeah. anyhow, yeah, uh, would love to get into just some of the some of the the main ideas the main things we see in the film um the way the movie starts it it starts at man such a deep kind of like it it like punches you in the gut immediately it's like up it's like yeah. up. we're in the first i i think yeah. I was in the first 10 minutes of this film i was like you know tearing up oh it's just man. like up it's just yeah very powerful very feels very un unpretentious just kind of like very direct and mm-hmm. oh yeah it's just not that's one of the things about this film. It is not manipulative. And I, I seem to recall one point actually towards the end more what I think, I think it may have been when she was kind of had, it was towards the end with one of the big reveals. And I, I think my jaw, I literally, my jaw like, was yeah. and I was kind of gasping. It was, you know, people around me were like, is this guy okay? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, someone but I, gave I, me the hot, look, you had, you had choked on, you had choked on a junior mint, but no, you were also, the junior mints were just so good. <laughs> <laughs> also emotionally affected. Um, no, it was, but it was yeah, like I, the kind of film I agree that, yeah, for a sci-fi, what you're expecting, like a sci-fi alien movie to start with like a montage of a mother and daughter and like, yeah. And, and yeah, just the emotional, just, Oh, that nails you so hard of that you see her getting sick and you like see her decline and everything like, Oh my gosh. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like right off the top, it's, it's bringing you into a world where it's going, you realize like, Oh, this is going to be more about like very human, human, um, universal things about like love and sacrifice and stuff like that. Um, which you, yeah, you see immediately. Um, but then the thing that the next thing I oh, do you have any thoughts on that first thing? Pip, no, or? let's keep let's keep going. Let's keep going. What was that? No, good. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I think the next thing that really jumps to my attention is it doesn't take long in the movie for us to uh, to get to the actual alien invasion where like she shows up to her class and like nobody's there and. Uh, <clears throat> And then pretty soon she has a Colonel um, Forrest Whitaker's character reaching out to her. Um, and well, the thing that the thing that strikes me is in this this isn't unusual because it's actually very it's very normal for human you know human interaction and human culture. But uh, so these these uh, pods show up on the planet that do not look like any kind of military weapons or anything that actually like look very benign and not dangerous in any way, but it's immediately the military and like huge militaries of every major country who they are the first responders of all of this. So rather than it being a scientist or something from NASA or something like that, who shows up, um, it's a, it's an army Colonel who shows up to like recruit, uh, to recruit, um, uh, Louise Banks, uh, Amy Adams character, um, and so that just, for me, touched on, man, just mankind's, 
like fear and immediate like kind of knee-jerk aggression towards anything that seems unfamiliar or like other um even if it like seems benign or or you know even if it seems benevolent um so that yeah that really even, struck it, me. even if it appears to be a large polished vegetable yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like, a very, large like an appetizing eggplant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just had eggplant um, the other day i need to eat it more um, oh, really. TMI. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say one thing about this film. I remember thinking afterwards, like, I really just want to start texting people randomly off her weapon. Like a tool, like not something to hurt you. Yeah, or even just even numbers I don't know, just kind of randomly <laughs> off her weapon, all caps, probably around like one in the morning. Just start <laughs> sending my own circle, like my own kind of circle shaped language uh and just see if people are able to figure out what i'm saying Um, maybe maybe it's somebody i haven't seen in a few years (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure (laughs) but uh but yeah any any thoughts about like like that that kind of i mean it's a bigger whole kind of film thing that like the military is front and center and pip do you have any thoughts on i mean it it makes sense right i think it makes sense because you know i imagine some of the initial questions would be oh is this even aliens is this somebody else Mm -hmm. is this another country and Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the, the whole film kind of pivots on that, uh, that kind of this idea of paranoia and, mm. what, you know, this kind of one-upmanship or, oh, are they this or that? And it's, mm. uh, yeah, just fear of the other, I guess mm. you could say, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and I think just the suspicion, you know, and it's, it's funny because the film, you're even like, oh, I think at one point you're kind of like, oh, maybe the aliens are trying to mess with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is like a divide and conquer, mm-hmm. just like... Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's rings true to humanity. Mm. Yeah, and the the reflection I was thinking about with this whole thing is how, like, to tie it to theology, to tie it to the biblical worldview, like God is completely other than us. The he is he is entirely something different outside of outside of our world, like the creator of our world, and human beings are kind of natural our natural tendencies towards him are uh fear and like rightly so because like he's he's all powerful right um and so there's there's fear but then there's like an immediately kind there because of our fallen nature there's this kind of immediate distrust and like um that that uh that comes in and so that sense of like viewing the other in that way uh, especially something coming from the sky. Like it just, it also reminded me of how we see in the beginning of the gospel of John that like, it says in the beginning was the word, you know, he came and dwelt among us. Uh, he came to his people and his people did not know him. And obviously we know where the story goes that the more that Jesus clearly explains to them who he is, the more they, they come to actually attack him and, <laughs> and, uh, and reject him. So, yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, that, you know, uh, well, it's just interesting because it almost feels like the aliens are coming without any, they aren't having a discussion about power. It seems right. almost like the aliens, like, are just not thinking about power at all. And so much, whether that's even internally, mm-hmm. the way the, even amongst the internal team between Amy Adams and just kind of her superiors and stuff, I feel like so much is informed by power, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, can the language of power, or who's on top, who's getting this or that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just very interesting that this is just, 
species, which is just not thinking about power at all. Yeah, know? if anything, they're actually coming to give away power. They're kim- they're coming to give their language and this incredible <laughs> power of being able to like uh, mentally travel through time, which like you know one would think like oh you should keep that and just use it to your advantage to anyone who could like work against you but they're coming into this world where everyone is pointing guns and missiles at them and being like here <laughs> take this um so pretty amazing it is interesting to actually think about something i didn't think about i mean is it all right if we kind of splay all over the place and what i'm saying in, sure, in our yeah. kind of time because mm-hmm. uh is it all right if we actually emulate the circular yeah the I circular do, non-linear fashion of the yeah. of the yeah how this reality works sure yeah i'm gonna start talking actually about an episode in five years in the future that we're gonna <laughs> do. <laughs> uh yeah star wars episode 11 i really thought that no um i was gonna say it's interesting because that one that one of the heptapods who dies it i was actually really when the bomb goes off i was realizing oh Actually, with circularity in time, would the aliens actually have known that? And so it's almost like a self-sacrificial because the aliens totally. avoid that, which I never really thought about before. I'm like, oh, Whoa. unless obviously they don't have all, unless the idea is they're still, you know, because obviously they're not supposed to be divine. So perhaps yeah. they don't have all knowledge, just kind of key points. Well, you would suspect but, that they well, would. That would be a key point. <laughs> yeah, that they would know, one of them would know that he's going to die on this trip. Yeah. And that, and yet, all the same, they are coming uh to help them um but uh but something yeah something that like about the nature of the aliens while we're on it that i think is fascinating um is that they are (laughs) they are in the end coming to earth for a self-serving purpose they're coming yeah like they're giving mankind their language which has this power to be able to travel through time mentally but they are doing it because 3,000 years from now, we will need that power to be able to help them. Um, so I just thought like, wow, that's a that's an interesting thing about the aliens and that there's a lot of kind of like um, ways you can picture the aliens in this movie, which is true for a lot of alien movies where you can picture the aliens as kind of a, um, a substitution for something divine or a substitution mm-hmm. for for God. Um, especially since they're heptapods, they have seven legs. And like in the Bible, seven is often, um, number of completion. Yeah. The number of completion, it's often associated with, with God. Um, but, uh, anyhow, the thing that is, that strikes me as different, um, from, uh, from that benevolence, uh, and like that self-serving nature of the aliens is like, if we think about Jesus coming into the world, um, He's coming for an entirely benevolent uh, purpose that has. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need anything. Yeah, and he doesn't. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't need anything from us. He is coming purely on a like mission of love and of like whereas relationship. These, yeah, whereas these these guys are gals or things. These are uh, there's a dependency, mm-hmm. which is a yeah. They're they're still contingent creatures. Exactly. Yeah. So no, that's totally. That's a really good point. That's a such a huge difference it is not just because i mean oftentimes like close encounters i often feel like a lot of times because people's kind of worldviews, oftentimes it's like in in films and in people's lives often kind of aliens take the place of the divine mm-hmm. uh of just like oh well there's you know out there in the universe there's somebody else who you know either they will come and save us or there's like a they'll you know bring us their technology and mm-hmm. hope and 
Close Encounters is such a, a vision of that where mm-hmm. these kind of these, I mean, kind of just messianic like oh yeah i mean the, the divine the, the the kind of parallels to like the divine there are just kind of so in your face mm-hmm. and extreme it really mm-hmm. it uh which is you know which it's like a, a substitute thing whereas this is this this is very interesting yeah because there's uh there's a nuance here there mm-hmm. that they're not they're not divine mm-hmm. um i actually i was thinking just how incredible it is i mean one is the idea of well, one, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Tamara, she was kind of mentioning, and I hadn't even thought about it, which, uh, that how the film isn't, you know, it starts to get you thinking, what would it be like for a creature to be, for, or for a being to be outside of time? Hmm. Which, it's funny because it just, it kind of breaks your mind thinking mm-hmm. about it, you know, mm-hmm. in the way that none of us can kind of really think, oh, what would it be like to be God? Because mm-hmm. just so far above, it's almost like a... Um, it's like a 2D being, like it's a, like a creep, like a, if I do a drawing, it's mm-hmm. like if that drawing on 2D, on two dimensional paper, mm-hmm. we're thinking about what's it, what it's like to be in three dimensional space. Hmm. Uh, there's actually a book about that called Flatland, which is envisioning a life in, I believe it's two dimensional space. Anyway, hmm. um, it's like that. It's just, we can't really picture it. But what I was going to say is, it's so interesting that like in unlocking uh, and unlocking their like, uh, in understanding their language, it reshapes your mind hmm. and certainly like just obviously like parallels in terms of what we believe as Christians in terms of theology, in terms of learning disciplines hmm. and being exposed to realities and which they actually, you know, we believe that spirit works through scripture mm-hmm. and he reshapes who we are in a, in a even like in a mysterious way mm-hmm. through that. So, just as a way of learning their language reshapes who she is and opens opens her being to mm-hmm. a, a new mode of being human, which is yeah, very it's profound that we can talk about this and it doesn't feel cheesy in the movie. Like yeah. like it just speaks to this immense skill that this this doesn't feel like, whoa, this feels space like mm-hmm. I would I wouldn't recommend seeing the second Independence Day movie. But I remember there's one scene where they just kind of download a whole bunch of pretty zany ideas. And I think I was just laughing out loud in mm-hmm. there, like just in delight because it was so zany. But mm-hmm. this film, nothing feels zany. Yeah. Even the most out there concepts, nothing feels comic. Yeah, if you actually stop and think about it, it, yeah, if you think about what happens in the movie, she starts to learn their language and learns how to communicate with them. And as a result, their powers their, are unlocked in her own mind to where she can, she has visions of the future and can relate to time the way that these aliens relate to time, which is, yeah, it, like insane. But for some reason, and I think there's a significant reason for this, this idea of developing new power and like, in a sense, like revelation be through relationship with like something greater than yourself. It it feels like, I, th- I would wage, I, I would say that, that doesn't feel crazy to us because that's actually built into the fabric of what reality really is that like yeah. God is God is infinitely greater than we are, has infinitely greater power and knowledge and revelation than we do. And yet through relationship with him, through relationship with his word, like given in scripture and like through yeah, like, like what Pip you were talking about through the Holy spirit coming into us we in a mysterious way change and transform and we 
and we have a kind of like revelation of what's true and a revelation and an understanding of who God is that that is completely outside of us. Um, and then obviously for the writers of scripture, these were just normal people who God gave specific like utterance and inspiration to to write to write what they wrote um, these letters and you know this prophecy and um, yeah these these different things we see in in the Bible so yeah yeah and, and I mean yes yeah, well yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to add actually it's, it's, I was just thinking like I mean yeah the, how profound that is in terms of yeah transcend yeah transcendence like you said through relationship in a way that just kind of opens our mind struck me too that speaking of that you know in terms of her vision of the future with general shang Mm -hmm. how i thought i thought it was really interesting that what averted war and what kind of what was the big key for that whole thing for that situation uh changing was that she knew something very intimate about him Hmm. and i was thinking the power of like no because you know i there's there's plenty of films where oh the i mean especially in recent memory where the Chinese government is, or the Chinese military are kind of villains or aggressors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that Russia was villains and aggressors in, in past films. Yeah. And I, I like that General Shang was not just a, I mean, cause I always get a little uncomfortable when anybody, whether it's a US military, which James Cameron does this a lot, just totally demonizes yeah. people on one side. Like these people are all, you know, these people are all relentless hawks. 100% like, evil, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and I was kind of, and it was, I thought it was beautiful that General Shang is so human in a, like he's humanized. He doesn't feel like a two-dimensional and that he he's trying to protect his people, hmm. one. Like you get that sense of earnestness mm-hmm. and that he, the intimate thing that she knew about him was, I believe this is his wife's dying words, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, the fact that, that that revelation feels so, it feels so intimate. And I was thinking, yeah, mm-hmm. like, and that's one of the things I think that's so powerful about scripture and about who Jesus is 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 that his words cut us to the core with something mm-hmm. with things that like oh no how could somebody know know that about me or mm-hmm. know that about um i mean just these profound insights to human human nature and i think there's a it actually the woman at the well she says uh, come see this man who told me everything i ever did mm-hmm. or something, uh, something like that mm-hmm. and that that is like that it's like an access point it's yeah. a key unlocking and it was it was so with general shame hmm. yeah that's that's an amazing insight yeah that that's what turns the whole course of the movie yeah it's not it's not an equal force of aggression or like some sort of like uh other plot device but yeah that it's it's gentle words like of like intimate intimate words <laughs> it's amazing um something that like uh strikes me um you know, since we're talking at this point, we're talking about the end of the movie. Something that strikes me is that the kind of reality we are essentially presented with at the end of this movie. And 
I would say kind of the, 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 the philosophy we're presented at the end of this movie is, so Dr. Banks knows that she now knows that she's obviously falling in love with uh, Jeremy Renner's character, the, the, uh, the physicist. And she knows that if she marries him, they're going to have a child and that child is going to become fatally terminally ill and die. And it's going to like in their relationship. She knows all of this. And yet she decides anyway to move forward, which obviously for good reasons, like, you know, to experience love, to experience like having a child and how wonderful all of those things are. However, the thing that I was thinking about that is that is sad is the film is basically presenting philosophically like a determinism like determinism and kind of fate, maybe not fatalism, at least determinism of like events are fixed. Um, the way what's going to happen, what has happened and what will happen are, are completely fixed. Um, and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, and I don't know. I was, I was, I was curious, Pip, like your thoughts on like how, like how that is, yeah, how a biblical worldview and the gospel kind of run up against that and kind of how it compares and contrasts. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I guess I didn't really think of the film as like hard determinism where because it, it never really addresses a question and understandably because it would just be almost like too much yeah. going on thematically. Mm -hmm. Never addresses a question of trying to escape the future mm -hmm. of trying to like change the course of things. So I actually ne didn't really think about it that much uh, because I... I didn't feel like the film was pressing hard in that mm -hmm. point, mm -hmm. you know, because I think, you know, uh, biblically speaking, I think, you know, like, okay, God knows the future and mm -hmm. he is totally in control and he calls, he, you know, he speaks the end from the beginning, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we, we also have free will and those mm -hmm. things coexist. We have free will, we're responsible for our actions and there is, you know, God is in control of present past and future. Mm -hmm. So I didn't actually see, and he, you know, he knows what those things will be. Mm. So I almost feel like the film didn't press hard against that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even, I, you know what, the thing that stuck out to me most about that kind of part of the plot thematically was that Jeremy Renner's character was so, did not feel, felt like the pain of the experience of his daughter's experience that because it was going to end in pain, it was not worth having the experience. Mm -hmm. And I almost thought, oh, it's, this film is pr almost pressing. It's like counterintuitive. Certainly culturally, it's counterintuitive. Hmm. It's pressing against the idea that like kind of uh, if it doesn't end well, it's not worth going through, right? Hmm. And it also almost feels like, hey, this, this girl's life had value regardless of whether she died young, regardless mm -hmm. of whether she was quote unquote flawed. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like regardless of whether there was pain involved, like it does, the pain doesn't negate the, the worth and beauty of of the experience and of her life. And I thought that was very beautiful that hmm. Amy Adams is in a sense, like making this, this, um, this choice for the daughter's life, hmm. even though she knows it will involve great suffering to her. Hmm. So I, I thought it was really interesting that just a statement of how we view suffering, how we hmm. view life and kind of utilitarian ends like, Oh, well, what's the end goal of this? Cause you know, it's, I mean, it's also even like, it's a life tragically cut short, hmm. but it's still a life. It doesn't yeah. mean it was, doesn't mean it was like, Oh, that the daughter's life was worth any less because she died as a, as a, as a child, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was, that was profound yeah. and unexpected. Yeah. I, yeah. The, yeah. Just that, um, the emphasis put on the value of, 
of human life in that way and the experience of love like as something you know worth it even if it's short um yeah it was really beautiful i think um yeah i i totally agree and yeah maybe i maybe i should walk back a little bit what i was saying before that um i i think i agree with you that it didn't feel like some sort of heavy-handed fatalistic thing of like well we're all gonna die and everything's gonna suck eventually so just enjoy things while they last i (laughs) i don't think that's what the film is saying i think that I think it's more nuanced than that and, and more subtle than that in, in a way that I would say this whole film really soars is in its subtlety and it's like lack of being heavy handed um, with all of these very profound themes. Um, Yeah. And I mean, the thing that I thought of is that as the film comes to a close, it's almost as though Amy Adams, she experienced this is this like sublime thing with the aliens and she she's responsible for saving the world right um and then she basically gets this shot at happiness with her with with her husband and her daughter before it's all gone before it all goes away um and and i couldn't help leaving the film with like well yeah it was beautiful it's beautiful even though it was temporary but the thing that like gave me gave me hope at the end of it was just thinking like man i'm so grateful that like the good things that we experience in this life the like they are in some sense temporary but you know as a christian the good things you experience in this life are but like hey they're they're like a coming attraction of like ultimate good that is to come. Like any love you experience in this life is like a, it's a coming attraction of like divine and wonderful love that we will experience with God and one another for all of eternity. And like delight and joy in like, um, in physical things in our world and like things like with pets and, you know, like foods and things like that are wonderful here. But like in God's new creation, when Jesus renews all things, those things will be even greater than they are now. So there's a sense of hope that like, I'm just so grateful for, um, which, uh, yeah, which in this, in this film's, um, you know, more or less, uh, material, materialist worldview, uh, it, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't have that. Um, so yeah. Any, any thoughts or anything from you? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I think a big thing, what I appreciate the film is it didn't feel like it too heavy handed or mm-hmm. pressing hard on materialism. Like yeah. it didn't feel like it would like went out of its way to do, you know, like a movie like contact, which like goes out of its way to demonize, uh, you know, quote unquote religious right. folk or, or some religious folk, you know what I mean? Right. Like, this felt like a very subtle and just, yeah, just, just inviting film mm-hmm. in terms of just inviting thought. But something I, I was thinking about is we you know we are speaking of the other and so many mm. films are we're so fear are there's so much fear of uh, beings which are more powerful than us hmm. you know which or which exist on a plane we can't understand so much fear and it's so sweet to think of in christianity we you know we see the ultimate other you know like more other than anything we could imagine more you know higher than these these heptapods in terms of their in you know they're having abilities and existing on a plane we can't understand understand uh-huh. so much more so god and uh-huh. then to think of that 
that other coming down and, you mm. know, sacrificing himself for us. Mm. Just to think of completely other, completely powerful, like totally transcendent. We're like, but, but loving and good and like dedicated to our, to our good. It's just, mm. you know, things like that. Just, it kind of, so I feel like almost this film, the otherness of it, it's like, it's so reassuring to think, okay, like, I cannot possibly understand I, a finite creature, mm-hmm. you know, bound by time and space and, and so many other things and my own intellectual abilities, all these things to think that, um, I don't have to be afraid of hmm. what's on the other side of the universe. You know what I mean? What's behind the universe. And I remember yeah. a quote talking about, uh, I, I'm going to mingle it slightly, but saying that it, the heart at the, I think it's at the back of the universe is the same heart who is, you know, same gentle heart who is, who is bruised upon the cross, hmm. you know, and just, wow, it's just uh, mm-hmm. very, very humbling, but very encouraging, very warming. Yeah, man. I love that. Yeah. We don't have to, we don't have to fear the other, you know? Um, yeah, that, that, that thing that can seem terrifying, we don't have to fear it because yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good. Um, man. Which enables us to interact with people who are unlike us, right. with things which are other quote unquote in our experience without having to be afraid. Cause we know, Hey, at the end, I know who's in control mm. and he's good. And yeah, he commands me to love. Just yeah. He love. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And it, it's so interesting. The, the tagline of this movie is, I believe it's why are they here um, is uh, uh, yeah. Why are they here? Um, which could be a tagline for any number of films. Uh, it could be like Christmas vacation with the cousins showing up. Why are they here? Or, or but, failure to launch. <laughs> why are they here? Yeah, why is he still there? How I guess to lose is what a that guy one in 10 days. <laughs> yeah. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Why, why is, well, I don't know how that one works, but um, anyway, yeah. Like Just go with it. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say like with why are they here? They're ultimately here for friendship and connection and like for um yeah in in a benevolent nature and um yeah like when you look at when you look at Jesus you know and you ask why is he here why is he come like it's like you said it's it's for love and self sacrifice and yeah um to bring us into his kingdom and a relationship with his father um so yeah that's good um yeah well any any final thoughts bit before we wrap it up great good discussion yeah um so yeah i think that's that's gonna be it for uh for this one we're cutting this one a little short because uh pip is off to uh an event right now um so we we gotta run (laughs) passive aggressive (laughs) pip's got a big important life too important (laughs) kid doesn't have time for old brad and his podcast i I, I gotta go watch my soaps man (laughs) those five o'clock soaps um i think that's considered prime time maybe not uh but anyway it is uh, for me yeah (laughs) okay well thanks for listening everybody uh we will uh Well, I keep wanting to say see you next time, but I guess I should say we will be here next time for you to listen to. (laughs) Um, Yep. (laughs) Okay. Bye. (laughs)